The greatest day in history Death is beaten, you have rescued me Sing it out, Jesus is alive The end across the empty grave Life eternal, you have won the day Shout it out, cause Jesus is alive Let me hear you say it this morning He's alive, and oh, happy day, happy day, you washed my sins away, oh, happy day, happy day, I'll never be the same, forever I am changed. And when I stand in that place, free at last, meeting face to face, I am yours, and Jesus, you are mine. Oh, endless joy, perfect peace, and earthly pain finally will cease. Celebrate, Jesus is alive. He's alive, and oh, happy day, happy day, you wash my sins away, oh, happy day, happy day, I'll never be the same.
Jesus, the healer of brokenness, Savior, the fixer of troubled souls, Redeemer, I'm turning my Just in mercy for Oh God of beauty and grace You are my resting place And all of my life is found in you You've taken my brokenness Made me whole once again And all of my And oh God of beauty and grace, you are my resting place, and all of my life is found in you. You've taken my brokenness, made me whole once again, and all of my life is found in you.
God is greater, our God is strong. 
so great and we are so blessed and humble this morning that we can be in your house that we can experience this season of thanksgiving as it begins now lord we know that thanksgiving is not something that starts on a particular day of the year but rather thanksgiving goes on each day lord we have so much to be thankful for even in a world that seems upside down sometimes we know that you love us we know that you sent jesus to die for our sins and we're so grateful to you for your grace and your mercy we ask you now, Father, to be with us this day and in this hour as we listen to Brother Wayne speak to us about gratitude. Help us to be grateful. Help us to be humble and to recognize your presence in our lives each day. Lord, we ask that you bless this offering that will be taken now. Use it in a way that will glorify your kingdom and your worth. And Father, all these things we pray in the name of Jesus, your Son, who died for our sins. Amen. I want to ask all of you to stand back up. Uh, this next song uh, is one that you all know. Uh, it's Inside Out. Um, I know you've seen it a lot of times in here, and it's got a great message to it. Um, so y'all please just stand back up and just worship with us some more. times I failed, so your mercy remains. And should I stumble again, still I'm God in your grace. Everlasting, your light will shine when all else fades. Never ending, your glory goes beyond all fame. Yeah. myself and bringing you praise everlasting your light will shine when all else fades never ending your glory goes beyond all things my heart and my soul but I give you control consume me from the inside out Lord let justice and praise become my embrace to love you from the inside Heart of my soul. 
my heart and my soul but I give you control consume me from the inside out Lord let justice and praise become my embrace to love you from So I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned In awe of the one who gave it all And I'll stand my soul, Lord, to you surrendered all I am is yours And I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned Of the one who gave it all And I'll stand my soul, Lord Do you surrender all I am is yours And all I am is yours Father, I just thank you so much for coming into this place this morning, God And just allowing us to be able to worship your name God, we honor you and we praise you. God, we just thank you in this time of year, God, and just we lift you up for all the many things that we may take for granted, God. And we just pray this morning you just be with Brother Wayne as he brings this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Joy Explosion Band. Well, see, you fooled me. I didn't think you could do it, but we actually took up the offering with you standing. Cultivating gratitude. I think gratitude is, is an attitude that you can cultivate. It's, it's not something perhaps is always inborn or instinctive or coincidental, but I think it is something that you can actually cultivate. And I see that so clearly in the life of the Apostle Paul. Acts 27, 33 through 38. It's kind of a, an unusual passage for Thanksgiving. <clears throat> but bear with me and I think you'll see where I'm going. If not, tell me later. Acts 27, 33 through 38. Paul is on a ship being taken to Rome and uh, there's a storm and, and a shipwreck. Right before the shipwreck, 
Acts 27, 33. As, dawn was a, as day was about to dawn, Paul urged them to take some food, saying, Today is the 14th day that you have continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take some food. It will give you strength, since not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. And when he had said this, he took bread. And giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. Then they all were encouraged and ate some food themselves. We were in all 276 persons in the ship. When they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship, throwing out the wheat into the sea. Let's pray. Father, help us to see all that is good and right and positive in our lives. And not focus on those minute little problems that keep us awake at night and that cause us worry and anxiety and rob us of joy. Help us to cultivate a life of gratitude and thanksgiving that will reorient our entire priorities and our perspective and help us to see things the way you see them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. David was in second grade, and on his way to school that day, getting on the bus, he got pushed and scratched his face. During recess, he and another boy ran into each other, and it loosened his two front teeth. Later on, at lunchtime, he was walking and slipped on a patch of ice and fell and broke his wrist. Finally, the, the, uh, the school called his father to take him to the hospital, and on the way to the hospital for the broken wrist, his father noticed him clutching something in his right hand. And his father said, David, what's that in your hand? And he said, he said, Daddy, today is the first day I've ever found a quarter. Boy, this is my lucky day. You know, David, I like that attitude because it has taught us, has shown me that, that you can be thankful no matter what situation you face. You can cultivate gratitude, and I think that's what Paul did. You know, Paul, over in... Philippians 4 verse 11 said, I have learned in whatever situation I am therein to be content. And that was not just words Paul said lightly, but it was actually an attitude that Paul cultivated in his life and he actually lived out. Whatever situation I am therein to be content. Can you say that about yourself? Are there situations in your life that cause you unhappiness and sadness and misery and pain and suffering. You can cultivate gratitude, I think, if you want to. Acts 27 is the the chapter. It tells the story of Paul's voyage to Rome. Things have gotten kind of bad for him back in Jerusalem, and he appeals to Caesar. And so they take him to Rome, and this is the ship that he's going on, uh, voyaging to Rome. And uh, it, some, of the, some of the time there is no wind at all and they just drift aimlessly. And then all of a sudden a storm comes up and for 14 days and 14 nights, Paul says in a few, or Acts says in a few verses ahead of this that they did not see the sun or stars for 14 days, which meant it was so overcast and the storm so vicious that there was no sunlight at all falling upon them. And then in verse 35, it's the 14th day, without food, and he says, 
Giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. You know, you can decide that you can face life with gratitude, but you have to work at it. Gratitude is not based on outward circumstances. It's based on an inner decision. Let me say that again. Gratitude is not based on your outward circumstances. It's based on an inner decision because nobody's life is ever going to be completely perfect. So what you have to do is decide to cultivate gratitude even in the midst of some problems, even with some struggles, even with some challenges. Focus on what you have to be grateful for and let your stance in life be that of thanksgiving to God rather than complaining or griping or whining. No matter what situation you're in, you can be grateful to God And here's some things if you have trouble thinking of what you can be grateful to God for. I've got four simple things. First of all, you can cultivate gratitude because God loves you. Amen. God loves you just the way you are. There's nothing you have to do to earn his love. There's nothing you can do to to deserve his love, but he's given it to you anyway. God created us for fellowship with Him, but sin came into our lives and separated us from Him. Now, the Bible teaches clearly that it's not, it is not we, the guilty party, but God, the injured party, that acts to restore that broken relationship. God did what we could not do because He loves us that much, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, 8. God loves you just the way you are. There's nothing you can do to earn it or merit it or deserve it. Just admit your need and receive it. If you're running out of things to be thankful for, first of all, you can be thankful for the fact that God loves you right now without having to change, without having to do anything to try to deserve it because you can't. But there's a second thing to be thankful for, and that's for the fact that when God loves you and enters your heart, he is able to give you the power to change in order to become who he wants you to be. In other words, God changes you once you give your life to him. He doesn't want you to stay the way you are. And if you look at the New Testament, you see over and over again the power of God to change lives. For instance, every person that comes into Jesus' life uh, that Jesus encounters, he doesn't say, well, after meeting them, go back and resume things the way they were. Go back and and return to normal. What does he say? When, When a person leaves Jesus, he says, go and sin no more. Go and tell others what you have seen and heard. Take up your cross, follow me. All these things, once Jesus is involved with a person, he expects some kind of change to happen in their lives. Now let me get this order straight. God does not ask you to change and then he accepts you. The order comes first, he accepts you and loves you, and then he expects you to change. Well, some people say, and I hear this all the time, I'm going to wait until I'm a better person to become a Christian. I've got some good news and some bad news for you. The bad news is you'll never be a better person by yourself. 
And the good news is that God loves you anyway. So go ahead and receive his love and acceptance. And then once he comes into your life, let him begin to work in you and change you and transform you into the person that he wants you to become, that he created you to be in order to have fellowship with him. If you're running out of things to be thankful for, first of all, you can be thankful that God loves you. Secondly, for the fact that when he comes into your life and takes up residence in your heart, he changes you. Thirdly, you can be thankful because you have a friend in Jesus. You always have a friend. Now, I don't know how many close friends you would say you have. I had someone tell me one time, if you can count on one hand the number of close friends that you have, you are blessed indeed. I remember at, at, at college, I had three other friends. Four of us were in a Bible study together. We did everything together. We prayed together. We worshiped together. We witnessed together. And my uncle, a preacher, said, you'll probably never have another relationship like that in your whole life. I said, yeah, right. You know, I'm just going to have a multitude of friends wherever I go and whatever I do. But that's not always the case, is it? Sometimes somebody you thought was a friend may let you down. They may, you share something in confidence and they may turn around and, and tell somebody. You know, and you're disappointed in your friends. But, but there's a friend who will never let you down. There's a friend who will stay closer to you, the Bible says, than a brother. The hymn says, what a friend we have in Jesus. And it's true. Here's a little boy who uh, was doing his math homework. And he said, he said, my father used to help me when I was doing math. But now that I'm doing geometry, he says, I'll get a lot more out of it if I do it by myself. <laughs> Isn't that the way it works? As long as life is simple, you know, there are people willing to be with us. But the moment it gets complicated or complex... They just kind of drop out. And we need help in life with the, with the difficult things, with the hard choices. And I'm so glad that when Jesus enters our heart, God doesn't pat us on the shoulder and say, good luck, I'll see you at judgment day. You know, we'll meet again one day. No, God says, I'm going to be with you through Jesus every step of the way. Jesus takes up residence and our hearts, the Bible says he actually makes our hearts his home. And we have a friend in Jesus. So you can be thankful that God loves you, that, that when he enters your heart, he, he wants to change you, that you have a friend in Jesus. And finally, you've got something to be thankful for because God gives you a purpose in life. I don't know how, how desperately you wanted purpose in life, but I remember in high school, thinking very clearly that there had to be more to life than just getting up and going to work and earning a salary and putting food on the table and going to bed at night and starting over the same thing the next day over and over again. It just doesn't work that way. There's got to be more to life than that. And I think the key to a full life is knowing what your purpose is. And Jesus tells us what our purpose is at the beginning of his ministry and at the end of his ministry and all the way through, what is our purpose in life? It says in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and what? Glorify your Father who is in heaven. Glorify your Father. At the end of Jesus' ministry, John 15, 8, 
By this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. You glorify God by letting your light shine. You glorify God by bearing fruit. That's your purpose in life, to give God glory, to be in a relationship with him that honors him and glorifies him. And the good news is that you can glorify God in everything you do, no matter young or old, rich or poor, educated, uneducated, it doesn't matter. You can glorify God in everything, in every way, and every one of us can do it. It doesn't leave anyone or anything out. That's our purpose in life, to glorify God. And you can be thankful to God that he gives you a reason to live. It's not just being born, going through the motions, and, and 80 or 90 years later dying. There's got to be a reason. And our purpose, friends, is to be in a relationship with God in such a way that glorifies him to the entire world. You want to cultivate gratitude, then Realize how much God loves you. Be thankful for the fact that when he comes into your heart and saves you and forgives you, he wants to change you. Be thankful for the fact that that when Jesus is in your heart, he's always there and everyone else may leave, but he never will and he'll always be your friend. And finally, be thankful for the fact that he gives you a purpose, a reason to live. There's an old story about a monk who took a vow of silence. And, and these monks in this particular order could only say two words every five years. It was a vow of silence. So he came into the order and he took his vows. And after five years, he came to the abbot to say his two words. And he said, food bad. And then he went back to his room. Five years later, he came out, his two words, bed hard. Went back in. Five years later, he came back out into the abbot and he said, Won't out. And the abbot said, Well, I must say, I'm not surprised. All you've done since you've been here is complain. <laughs> you know, every one of us can find something to complain about if you want to, or you can find something to be grateful for. I think about this a lot. I told Susan I was going to use a visual in my sermon, and she kind of worried because she knows I'm not very artistic. But I think I did a pretty good job. What do you see? Black dot. You know, 99% of this poster is white. 1% has a black dot. And that's the way it is. Somebody told me that one time, you can choose what you want to see. 99% represents the blessings that you have in life. God loves you. He wants to change you. Jesus is your friend. You have a purpose to glorify God. You You can look at those things. If you can't think of anything to be thankful for... If you're going to have something to eat today, if you had a warm bed to sleep in, if you have clothes to wear, that dot's a lot smaller. If you live in Bangladesh and make $5 a month, if you have a terminal illness, 
That dot might be a little bit bigger. But what are you going to see in life? Are you going to see the 99.9% of life that is a blessing? Or are you going to see the one little speck that's a problem, that's a challenge, that's a difficulty? You know, Paul ended up sitting in a prison. But even there, he sang praises to God. His life was one of cultivated gratitude. And he said, I've learned whatever state I'm in, therein, to be content. I can give thanks to God in all things. Not for everything, but in everything. Even the bad things. Give thanks to God. You can choose what you want to see in your life. All that's good and positive and blessed or the little black speck that's not perfect. I guess it's instinctive that we look at the black dot and dwell on it and not all the blessings that are ours. But the good news is we can cultivate looking at the positive, looking at the blessings We can cultivate gratitude. Let's pray. Father, we are blessed in so many ways. Most of us are going to eat Thanksgiving dinner with family and loved ones. We're going to be together. We're going to have a warm bed to sleep in and a roof over our head and clothes to wear. Yeah, there may be some sick folks and there may be some financial struggles and there may be some family relationships that are strained. That are strained. But um, 99.9% of our lives, even more, are a reflection of a blessing that you have poured out upon us. Help us to see all that's right and good that you have given us. Help us not to focus on the little dot of problems or challenges that cause us such anxiety and rob our lives of joy. So that even in the midst of a storm like the Apostle Paul, we can take a little food And give thanks, knowing that you're in control and that everything's going to be all right. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to give you the opportunity to respond publicly to God's claim on your life. If you have a decision that you'd like to share with us, if you'd like to join our church, if you need to profess your faith. Let me tell you, God loves you right now. He he wants to have a relationship with you. While you were a sinner, Christ died for you. And he loves you and accepts you and wants to forgive you of your sins and enter into your heart. Now's the time to believe that and profess that and enter into that relationship. And once you do, then he places within you the desire 
and the ability to begin to change. And he will transform you into the person he created you to be. Maybe you want to um, come forward and, and, and pray, rededicate your life, join our church. Whatever decision you have to make, I'll be at the front. Let's stand together. You sing as we.